This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. Quiet for me then. I'll need you. Need your full volume. In my yeah, ears. yeah. I need you. Need the full tones of the RJ McCready in your ears. Eh? That's right. I need the full <laughs> Dolby surround sound. <laughs> Are you in some sort of uh, action movie podcast or something like that? <laughs> full, full explosions, everything. Michael uh, Bay. Yeah. Well, yeah. This is it. <laughs> Good for you! Oh no, that's... Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, good for you! Yeah, good for yeah. you! I mean, no, I know that's Christian Bale on set. Could you imagine if Christian... It's Christian Bale or James Cameron if we work together. Could you imagine that clash? Jesus. Christ. That would be nuts. <laughs> be that would be very nuts. Just be like a, a, a live action movie about them two trying to shoot each other on set, wouldn't it? Like, you know... <laughs> That would be quite cool. I'd I'd want to see that. James Cameron versus Christian Bale. <laughs> Good for you. Fuck <laughs> it, hell. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host, RJ McCready, and for this episode, I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year in 1987 to look at the. Action adventure uh, kids movie, I guess you could say, kids in distress in the 80s, and that is the Monster Squad from 1987. And joining me today for the show is Mr. Daniel T Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Dan, how are you doing? Daniel T Bone, I'm doing very well, thanks. Doing really good. You know, well, you know what, Dan? I, I don't know what the fuck to talk to you about now because we just had a 10-minute introduction. <laughs> Off, Probably off one there. Of serious uh, conversations we've had. Mate, it went deep, didn't yeah. it? I didn't. I, it I, did, deep, yeah. I didn't even say hello, Dan. How are you? It's just like straight into it. <laughs> straight into Roman Polanski and uh, you know Michael Jackson and separating the art from the artist. But yeah, you know that that sometimes you got to have serious conversations. Yes, and other and, times. And as we said, you know that was. Uh, Quite, quite a good conversation to have in the art world, isn't it? Separating, you know, art from someone who has got in trouble for something. Yeah. <laughs> let's face it, fucking awful. Yeah. Um, who have produced something which we all love, like you said. Was it Joss Whedon? Was it he? Um, did he do Cabin in the Woods? Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. Right. Obviously, Buffy, Firefly, and directed a couple of Avengers films. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's been found out to be not very nice on set. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as some directors we hear, you know, that old old fashioned image of a director with a big megaphone and a cigar hanging out his mouth screaming at people. Yeah. But actually, I don't think you really need that anymore. You know, even we were even chatting about James Cameron, there is 
rumours that he was a bit of a nasty piece of work on, on some of the film sets he was on. That's right, yeah, that's how um, we got started off, wasn't it? Because we said, well, imagine having Christian Bale and James Cameron on set, you know. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, good for you! Oh, good for yeah. you! Oh, go fuck yourself! <laughs> you fucking but then, bring out but then guns and hammer. like... So. Um, Peter Jackson with Guillermo del Toro and Steven Spielberg who you hear are these lovely gentle souls mm. you know and they're just Ron Howard and they're just on set just floating around letting everybody just you know be themselves and do, just act it out it's fine I could I'd love to be directed by someone like Spielberg oh, or yeah. Ron Howard oh my god you know yeah. absolute expert but also you don't hear anything bad about those guys you know um, same with Peter Jackson and then those sort of guys yeah, but anyway, that was a bit of a tangent. Sorry about that. It was that. a bit of a tangent, but like I say, guys, listening to this, is as uh, me and Dan said before we actually started the show, we said it's actually quite a good topic of uh, conversation there. But um, we're not here to talk about that today. We're actually here to talk about um, a very fun 1980s movie, uh, which I put into a little bit of a category. I think it's... I think there's three films from the 80s you can put together, and one's The Goonies, The Explorers, and then The Monster Squad, because you've got kids trying to find pirates, treasure, kids finding aliens, and the one we're talking about today, which is kids uh, battling monsters, and our favourite monsters. Um, But before we get into that, as always, Dan, because I'm very intrigued about your adventures of what you've been doing in the last month, i.e. watching shit watching probably some something decent i'm sure out there so damn what have you been watching <laughs> i've got some i've got some decent ones for you this time around holy shit have not, you? <laughs> not not a single shark in sight oh my god <laughs> so <laughs> you'll be pleased to hear i finally got around to watching willie's wonderland oh yeah okay right what did you think of it yeah i'm gonna be interested it, actually it mm. was ridiculous and mm-hmm. i loved every second of it yeah i thought you might um, so did I. Yeah, I uh, watched it on a Friday night mm. with a couple of glasses of rum, which is, I think, exactly how you probably should yep, watch it. Absolutely. In your in, <laughs> in your underpants, getting drunk, watching Nicolas Cage. I thought he was brilliant in it. I thought he's. I I know that a lot of people say they'd like to hear him talk. And sorry if this is a spoiler. He doesn't say a word in it. Mm. That's not a massive spoiler to the plot or no. anything. He just his character doesn't speak um but i just thought it was it was like somebody had remade the evil dead but in a theme park with but instead of bruce campbell they just put nicholas cage in it and that's pretty much what i wanted for 85 minutes yeah I, <laughs> I felt like it was a, a v8 an old vhs that you picked up from the video store back in 1985 um and the way i kind of, if someone said to me, what did you think of that? My answer, well, my answer is, it's going to be a sad day that we don't get a film like that. If you know what I mean. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's bonkers. It's fun. And I've probably quote Ricky Morgan on every show that I do, because he's, he came out, <laughs> he always, he said something which is a tool that I use in the film world. Uh, did we see something different? Yeah, I think we did. Uh, Nicholas Cage not yep. saying anything. So that's kind of something different, isn't it, really? Like, so... Yeah, yeah I, and I agree. And they it, they threw like a bit of a slasher plot through it as well with some yeah. teenagers, but there was a reason for them being there. And it was different. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was what it was. Um, I've had people say, and I've said to somebody, it was the cinematic equivalent of junk food. Mm. You know, you get that hit for that brief moment you're eating the cheeseburger, and then you kind of forget about it. And it wasn't yeah. exactly good for you, but 
you enjoyed it well you ate it and it you know and gav said to me um my co-host from my other show he said to me it is what it is yeah it's pretty much it's what you want it to be it's everything it's on the tin really yeah that's it i think um especially what we've been through in the last year as well i think i need films like that just wacky fun movies and not to forget i mean this isn't spoiler because i think this is shown in the trades but there's some really good cage kill scenes in there as well isn't there these animatronic dolls i thought you know, he's amazing what i love and again no spoiler but very well i'll say very quickly is in between every time he kills somebody mm. um or something shall we say uh he then disappears to drink some energy <laughs> drink and play pinball <laughs> And that, oh, and that's his memory yeah. charging his yeah. batteries for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's almost <laughs> like it's a film where someone's probably said, look, I want Nicholas Cage to be in this film because you don't need him to say anything because as an audience, you know what he's going to say. You can imagine he'll probably come out of a few one-liners and uh, yeah, go I into Cage that. Rage or something like that. But um, yeah, no, it's Game good. over. It's game over, man. Yeah. You say all these kind of things. But so, I think the director is damn lucky to get Nicolas Cage because if you took Nicolas Cage out of that film and put somebody else in it, it wouldn't. It isn't a very good film on mm, paper, really. No. But Nicolas Cage elevates it just by having him in it. Yeah. You immediately have people wanting to watch it, and then when you watch it, you realise it is a lot of fun. Yeah, it's nothing to be taken seriously, and it's nothing to linger in your memory for many, many years after. But it is just a really good fun. And if it ever popped up on TV or another streaming channel again, I'd definitely watch it again. Oh, yeah. Again on a Friday night with some ramen. <laughs> there you go, guys. So that's where he's Wonderland and. Uh... Have you been? Oh, I saw you watched um, Biggles. Is it last night or something? Yeah, was it? No, yes. I hadn't seen this for about thirty years, and you covered this a long time ago on on, on the show, I think. Yeah. Um, and it came up on one of the TV channels a couple of weeks ago, so I set it to record. Right. And I, and after watching Monster Squad mm-hmm. in preparation for today's chat. I was in the mood for something 80s, and I suddenly remembered I had Biggles Adventures in Time recorded. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and I tell you what, yeah. it was bloody brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun movie, isn't it? Um, I love, I love the, the, the soundtrack. Was you going to say? Yeah. The sound. Well, the soundtrack is amazing because it's done by um, Queen, isn't it? Or Brian? What's? I'm um, not Brian. Um, Roger Deakin from Queen. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, yeah, and the lead singer from a band called Rainbow. Um, and it feels a bit like a Highlander soundtrack at times. Yes, I think that's probably what they were going for because I think Highlander came out before. Uh, the director said that I was going for like an Indiana Jones type movie with a modern day twist and time travel because of Back to the Future that came out. So you put all that in together, and. I remember going to watch that at the cinema. And, oh, lucky oh, bugger. God almighty. Came out of there just like... Just like... How can I explain that? I was just like... Just pumped up with energy. Um, as a I sort mean, that, of 10 year old. That, that sums it up very well. Mm. Um, if no one's seen this, guys, listeners... Biggles Adventures in Time is literally what RJ's described. Back to the Future slammed into Indiana Jones. Mm. Yeah. That's what you've got. And I really liked um, the actor Neil Dixon, who plays Biggles, and he, I, I thought he's really good. You know, he's like uh, he's actually got a lot of morals in it as well, because um, he's fighting Von Stein, and Von mm. Stein is kind of like the sort of basically say, "I'm going to kill you," 
And then Biggles is kind of like, well, that's not the way we do business, old chap. Like that, isn't it? You know, and <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just brilliant. It's, and then you've got the sound machine and a bit of 80s and some punk rockers, haven't you? And yeah, uh, just and Peter, Peter Cushion's last role. Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah, passed away. And uh, uh, like I say, that soundtrack, you know, it's like... <laughs> Do you want to be a hero? That's hero, it, yeah, hero. That's it. Any chance also, you get? It's, <laughs> it's got as well some incredible stunts, aerial stunts with a helicopter and a biplane. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff that I was really surprised how good it is. There's a, a scene where they land a helicopter on the flatbed of a locomotive. Yeah. And then it takes off again a few moments later, all while the train is going along. Yeah. Uh, and there's a brilliant scene where a biplane is chasing a helicopter through a field and they're dodging in and out of trees. All of this would have been done with CGI these days. But back in 1986, they just went for it. Yeah. And I really respect that. It was really good, really enjoyable. And the other thing is where they actually had the sound machine. And there's there some horror in this as well because that guy's face oh, gets melted, God, yeah. doesn't it? Uh, so that location is the same location as uh, the Isle of Dogs before it's like turned into a shopping complex in London. Uh, same location as they use for Full Metal Jacket. Um, at the end. Yeah, same location. So the film Full Metal Jacket probably ran about the same time. So Crazy trivia there, mate, for you. So, um, and I've got the album downstairs on LP as well. So, of course you have. <laughs> yeah, of course, course you have. I have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, love it. Love it. I always love it. Oh, and I was thinking about this. Yeah, but, uh, actually, today, um, again, a little bit of a tangent here, but I thought, is it no wonder you and I are sat here talking about these old films and the way we are today? Because it's like we were brought up with all these types of movies, you know, Heroes, John McClane, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, Lethal Weapon. It was just, you know, it, I still think it was a golden age. I know everybody harps on about the 80s and definitely we are biased but there Mm. is definitely something magical about it there are some bits about the 80s that are regretful um, which we'll get into when we get to Monsters Um, I'm sure you know where I'm going with that I think um, I heard you mention the other day on your show actually yes Indeed, yeah. Uh, especially with Team Wolf, wasn't it? I didn't actually you know what when I listened to your Team Wolf episode I thought oh my god because I was, um, funny enough, I was out in my garden painting my fence whilst I was listening to your show. <laughs> I was like, First you paint the fence, then your son. Karate kid. <laughs> paint the fence and listen to Team Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and you guys probably went into one of your deepest conversations I've, I've ever heard you get into. And I thought, oh, bloody hell. And even Gav's come out and said, you know, bloody hell, I wasn't even expecting to get into this type of conversation, but it's true, and it was a good conversation that you had, wasn't it, about, you know, words which I don't really want to mention on my show, and we'll get into that later on, but, yeah, uh, yeah you think, oh my God, you know, what the hell? You know, it's, Yeah, and for anybody yeah. that's uh, interested in that, I'm just going to quickly plug, yeah, plug um, in, episode yeah. 112 of the podcast on Haunted Hill, we review Team Wolf. Uh, and Labyrinth from my birthday episode but um, with Team Wolf we delve deep into the subtext Mm. and whether or not being a werewolf at high school was subtext for either being gay coming out as gay or 
um, was the werewolf part of it? Was that a drug? Was it cocaine or something that you'd got into and you only felt confident when you were the werewolf or when you were on the drug? So there was a lot of subtext to that that we got into. Um, yeah. Probably yeah. more than we expected to with the Michael J. Fox werewolf basketball film. But uh, <laughs> I had yeah. a lot of fun with that. Yeah, no, that's right. It's, I mean, yeah, exactly. And that was... I think that was one of the points that you got to at the end of that show you know it's on on, on the outset it's a fun movie isn't it from the 80s you know high school movie guy turns into a wolf got a good soundtrack but when you dig a little deeper you think oh it's actually got quite a big message to it isn't it and yeah yeah so yeah wow yeah crazy but no it's a great episode and it was nice to hear Gav talk about Labyrinth as well hell what how the hell honestly mate alright how the hell did you miss that movie? I, <laughs> How did you not I, watch I that I don't film? know. I mean, I know a lot of people will. have said that. I didn't, I didn't say it to him because I know he's had a lot of stick for not watching. And it's not his fault if he's oh, never no. seen a film. No. But, but the fact that he's got three children and is our age and has never seen yeah. Labyrinth, I, I just don't know how he did it. But fair play. I think he deserves some kind of medal. I think so, for yeah. getting fair. through life up to that point. But yeah. I made him watch it. No. <laughs> but no, fair play. I like, I like the way he... He did the review on that, so yeah, no, fair play, it was good. As always, mate. Um, so, shall we get into this film then, Dan? Absolutely, let's <laughs> rock until we drop. Okay, so let's go back to uh, Transylvania. Uh, let's play you guys a trailer, and we'll be back soon. Monsters are not real. You guys missed oh. it! Oh, Rudy saved my life! <laughs> yeah, what the hell's Monsters for? It's us! We're the Monsters Good and evil are in constant flux back and forth. Only once every hundred years are these forces balanced. And what about the ambulance? At the stroke of midnight, the amulet becomes vulnerable, and at that moment it can be shattered. There's a monster in the closet. Ooh, scary monster!
Alright mate, as always, I'll get me uh, <laughs> get my little piece of paper and have a read of this synopsis. <laughs> Oh, okay, you can do that if you like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just give me a cigarette lighter so I can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'll better I'll put some light in here because. You know. You're not sat in the dark in your pants and your cowboy oh, hat. You know, you? Well, you know me, mate. Every time I speak to you, Dan, it's always the same, mate. Do you know what I mean? I know what's going to happen. As we finish up the show, we'll say, right, but that's that all done and dusted, and you'll say, Oh, I need a bloody shower now. I'm sweating buckets. Honestly, Dan, I don't know what you do to me, mate, but I'm just like, it's like some sort of, I don't know, radiation. Something, I don't know. Every every time, it could be, I could be sat in a fridge and I'm sweating. <laughs> all right. Oh, dear. These are good conversations, mate. I need to keep all this stuff in. Right. Okay. Right. <coughs> okay. Right. <laughs> That's all I got the giggles. Oh dear. Right. Okay. I fucking I need to get on with it now. Uh hey right, hello and welcome back guys. So uh, the synopsis of this film is a young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters. It's uh, got a 79... Hang on. What's he back in? Let me drink some more beer. Uh, 79 minute run time. It's PG-13. It's got 7.1 on IMBD. And we'll get into the directors and all that. So, Dan, this movie, when did you first watch it, as I always say? Yeah, man. Um, So, I was probably 9 or 10. So it was probably about 88, 89, I saw mm. it. The reason I s- wanted to watch it was because, you probably remember as well, the video cover, especially here in the Jeez, UK, had yeah. all the guys sat on a pickup truck with the monsters behind them. And it said, it did two things to me. It said Goonies straight away from that. But it also said to me, at the top of it, it said, um, you know who to call when you've got ghosts, but yeah. with monsters, who are you going to call? And yeah. I was like, what? And then... The rumour on the playground, because you know what these playground rumours were like mm-hmm. when we were young. The rumour was this was a sequel to The Goonies. And this time The Goonies go and fight monsters. And I was like, Mum, you need to rent this. And she's, she, she kept saying, it's rated a 15, though. And yeah. I'm not going to rent a 15 because you're only sort of nine or whatever I was. I, I wore her down over a series of weeks and weeks and weeks until eventually she rented it out for me. Um, and it is one of those ones I never get bored of watching. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I only watched it about a month ago, <laughs> which is, I think, how we've decided that we we'd cover it for your show. Yeah, um, um, I think it's because it got it's now on Amazon Prime, isn't it? For uh, free, yeah, just cool. to, to watch for free. And I, I think someone even posted it on your Haunted Hill page. You know, it was like, wow, Amazon Prime have done something good here. They've put on the Monster mm. Squad, and it's like, and everybody's watching it, and then. Uh, I always watch it. I watched it same, same as you, and I ain't seen it for a long time. And I was like, "Wow, this film really holds up, and it's a good film." And it's um, it's a short movie, kind of does what it says on the tin, all that sort of stuff. It's very short, um, isn't it? But yeah, I and the thing I like about this film is it, it doesn't pretend to be something it's not. Um, as in, it knows that it's taking stuff from the Goonies. It knows it's taking stuff from Hammer Horror, Ghostbusters. 
It's got every, and I, mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, it's got every sort of cliche from the 80s in it as well. Do you know what I mean? With, um, you know, you've got different kids who are portraying different types of characters. Do you know what I mean? You've yeah. Got like the sort of Rudy Avenue is like the sort of greaser type kid, which you see in other movies. Um, so, yeah, yep. it's, it's great. It's fun. It's got a great soundtrack to it. Um, certainly a foreshadow to stranger things i would say you know 100 yeah bit, definitely bit way really um and what i was gonna say was um my my dad was um back in the 80s he was a video repair guy and his company i think he worked for uh video store or something like that but his company actually <laughs> got yeah they got the um contract to they had these big machines that, that created the VHS and they got the contract for this movie to print it and then roll it out. Yeah. And I wish I still had it today. He brought home like stickers from this film, posters. Oh, what? And I still, and my dad brought it home and I was like, oh my God, you know, I looked at it and I thought, oh, jeez, you know, as a 10 year old, I saw the pit, yeah, that picture and I was like, wow. And there was a, you know, like the stickers that you used to have when you used to go to the dentist. Like, oh yeah, you've been good today at the dentist. <laughs> it was like that, but it was like a a werewolf's claw hand saying the monster squad. And hell, I wish I still had that today. I don't know what happened to it. Why? It's like all these things, but um, but yeah. So that was my first uh, impression of this movie, and it's yeah, it stuck with me. <laughs> uh, and the reason it sticks around with us and a lot of people is there's there's so many reasons to it. It's not quite a film gods movie, as we say, but mm. it's definitely got a really banging soundtrack, yeah. um, which is always you know, fun. Um, it's got a really great group of characters, both the goodies and the baddies. Now, what's different about this one is the baddies are kind of, you want to see a lot more of them because you've got a mummy, mm-hmm. the creature from the Black Lagoon, Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, and an, an amazing, and one of my favorite on-screen practical werewolves is in this as well. Yeah. So you've got like, it's kind of like in Marvel films where they all got together in the very first Avengers in this, when they all gather at that swamp on that scene, you're like, this is so good. As a kid, I remember just like being like, mom, mom, they're all here together. Like so excited that all of these monsters had got together in one place. It was insane. Um, and there's just some good messages behind it as well. Yeah. There's a very sly reference to Nazi concentration camps at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and you know, and you've got the whole the little girl in it is so cute, but she also really is kind of almost like the the leader without them knowing she's the leader because she ties it all together with Frankenstein's monster, and it's just got so much going on with it really, and it's just so so good. Lots of adventure and action, great actors, particularly Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster, and the Dracula in this is really good as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because um, you mentioned it's just brilliant. Tom Noonan, now uh, he's worth mentioning because he actually played um, the Red Dragon in Manhunter, um, just yes. um, as, a, as an actor. And uh, he's turned up in several other things. Uh, the other thing, also on that as well, is obviously they are the universal monsters, aren't they? You know, obviously Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, uh, Wolfman. And they said that, um, was it. Fred Decker couldn't get the rights, so he had to change it a little bit. So he had to call it like Gill Man 
And that's right. He had to put bolts on the head of Frankenstein instead of his neck and just sort of change it around a little bit. Which yeah, they do tweak it a little bit. The, the wolf band looks slightly different. That they're all ever so slightly different, but they hold up brilliantly. And I think the mummy is amazing as well. Like the mummy looked amazing in mm, this. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was. It was kind of like that bridge between the mummy that you had from Hammer, which say Christopher Lee in in Raps, but this one was more zombie wasn't it do you know what I mean real zombie yeah it was like a zombie yeah which was uh, very clever and, um, and and the other thing that I would say is it's really funny on two levels it's really funny anyway with some of the jokes and the lines and stuff and the kid stuff but as you grow up and you watch it's really cleverly written and quite funny in yeah. its writing as well yeah one bit one bit that always stands out to me and always makes me chuckle out loud is um 2,000-year-old dead bodies do not get up and walk around by themselves. And then it <laughs> yeah, cuts to a 2,000-year-old dead body walking <laughs> along by himself. And that yeah. bit just always is so simple, but always makes me chuckle when that bit pops up on screen. I don't know why that is. It's just brilliant to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's saying something and then it's happening, isn't it? And that can be the, like, the best humour of all, can't it, in a way? Um, brilliant. Stuff. And I think that's down to the writer, isn't it? Is it Shane Black? Oh, Shane Black! What a hero! Mm -hmm. So he's he's written *Lethal Weapon*. Uh, Is it *Predator*? I think he got involved with *House*, the *House* movies, *House* one and two, um, *The Last Action Hero*. So he's let's not forget *Lethal Weapon* one, two, three, and four. He definitely wrote the first one, and his characters were used in the last three. And he's Um, also Hawkins, isn't he? in Predator as well he, he is indeed and he got involved with Marvel you know he wrote talking of Marvel he wrote Iron Man yeah. um, Iron Man 3 I think he wrote Iron Man 2 as well um, Last Boy Scout so he's a guy that really loves his action um, stuff you know he can write some really good action with a big group it's usually a group of people of, of all various walks of life you know getting together and, and yeah he's brilliant and what always makes me laugh is that this film was written by Black and Decker Oh it's yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, of course, because uh, Fred Decker, uh, his film before this was Night of the Creeps, which is a very well loved movie, isn't it, in the horror community? I think, isn't it? Um, it's a really know, good one. That every, one. Every time someone posts that on, you know, social media, especially the you know, Legion, it's like everybody, yeah, love it. Comment, you know, Tom Atkins. Hey, yeah, dates have arrived. You know. <laughs> thrill me thrill me me. yeah this is it yeah (laughs) um and i think there's a i think there's an easter egg in night of the creeps which mentions this movie almost and he he's obviously written monster squad because i think did night of the creeps come out before this or after this Uh, i think it was before this yeah yeah there's something in the in the movie where one of the kids gets killed and then he's there's something that references uh, Monster Squad somewhere. I can't remember what it is, but there's it says it on the wall in the, one of the toilets. I'm sure it says Monster Squad or something like that oh, on the toilet. That's it. Yeah, it says call the Monster Squad, doesn't it, or something like that. Yeah, that's something it. like that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So that was clever. Um, so yeah, so it's got great writing, you know, great director. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't do very well at the cinema, which is crazy when you think about it because it's come out in 1987 I would have thought it had done a little bit better 
Now, I've uh, got a theory about that. I, on, yeah. My theory is that it came out in the summer. It was an August film in, in the US. Right. And I think they should have probably held back and dropped this around about Halloween. Uh, I reckon it would have done... Right. I don't know, it might not have done, but it might have done better then. Yes, I, I think you could be right. But then, what am I saying? Because the other thing is, you'll remember, even though it didn't do very well, 1987... There's lots of other great movies that came out in 1987, wasn't there? So it probably had a lot of competition, didn't it, as well? That was the big year, wasn't it? That was that was the big year that everything came out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and being an 80s fan, guess what? I can't mention a damn single fucking film that came out in 87 now. <laughs> I've got a memory blank. <laughs> Hang on, I'll, I'll tell you now um, just a little sample of Go what on. came out. Cause Go on. If I remember rightly... It's utterly ridiculous. So we had Lost Boys. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, go. Uh, we had Monster Squad, obviously Predator. We had Harry and the Hendersons. Um, we had Prince of Darkness. Uh, we had Witches of Eastwick. Batteries not included. Um, we had Robocop, oh. Inner Space, Spaceballs. Um, we had uh, Adventures in Babysitting, The Secret of My Success. Oh. We had Superman Four, The Quest for Peace. Oh, <laughs> boom! Blockbuster, that did did. <laughs> the Running Man, yeah. um, Jules the Revenge, you know Hellraiser three. The, I'm sorry, the first Hellraiser, and, and just a ton wow. of those films. Right, the Gate. That was another yeah. one that was like similar to this. Yeah. Um, great, great year. Three Men and a Baby. Oh, Predator. What a year that you was. mentioned Predator, didn't you? Um, yeah. Shane Black was having a great year this year, wasn't he? Oh, bloody, I'm, I'm, like I say. Only 12 months in a year, isn't it? And all those movies to try and fit in. Um, so, yeah. It's bound to be just one or two that are just going to... People are going to say, look, I just don't have enough cash in my pocket this month to go and watch that one as well. Yeah. I uh, don't know. But there you go. But now, I, I think it's become a cult movie now, isn't it? In the horror world. You know, I, would say, I would say it's safe to say it's certainly made its money back these days. Yeah, I think so. So... Um, yeah, uh, you know, and what's nice about it is, it's only one hour and twenty minutes long. You know, it's it's done and dusted before you know it. It doesn't hold. There's no point where it lags. It no. literally. You know, when I was making notes last night, I, I couldn't believe how quickly I was like, "Oh shit, they're already at the bit where Wolfman's got Nars. We're already at this bit. This is crazy. How quickly does this film roll along?" But you don't feel like it's rushing it either. No, that's right. No, not at all. It, it goes. It, it does everything that it needs to do. Although I do, um, I have heard that 13 minutes have, have been cut from the film. Um, I don't know if that might just be on a special edition. Someone might be able to answer that. On a... Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It seems a bit too short. Mm. Uh, it seems like there there's 10 minutes here and there, but I don't know where they would be. I don't know what they would be or where they would be. Because, you know, every monster gets their moment to shine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> perhaps maybe not Gilman. He Perhaps he's a bit short-changed, but... You even get the Brides of Dracula turn up at one point. You know, Van Helsing shows up at the beginning and the end. Um, we get some great action scenes. And there's even like a random side plot with um, Sean's dad and his his cop partner buddy. And they're kind of like the banter they've got at the police station, you know. And so they managed to squeeze in a lot of characters and a lot of plot into such a short time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, you get a lot for you. 80 odd minutes of this movie which again like you say it's quite surprising um, for this this type of movie um, and the cherry on the cake is Stan Winston 
Yeah, I was going to say, because that's one thing I didn't write down. I was trying to, I thought you might be able to answer that. It was Stan Winston that did the special effects yeah, in this movie, is that right? Oversaw the special effects, which is why, you know, you say, so to break these guys down real quick, so you've got the, the werewolf, which I've already said looks phenomenal. You know, he's got great makeup, but it's all practical. Um, it's just a guy in a suit. And there's a very brief transformation scene at one point. It's kind of like Team Wolf, where it's like you see it in edited shots it looks great dracula dracula's dracula in this but there is some great moments where he's half bat half man and that's yeah. fantastic effects. Yeah. I must very admit. reminiscent of fright night yeah i could say there were some fright night elements in this i thought <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Uh, frankie frankenstein monster looks great yeah uh, a lot of that is tom noonan though but it does look great uh gilman gilman's costume with the gills on the side that go in and out and the eyes blinking sideways looks phenomenal i wish he was in it more and the mummy the mummy looks brilliant like you said earlier he's like a zombie dragging himself along and you get that brilliant scene which is straight out of scooby-doo where he gets caught on an arrow and he starts unraveling you know straight from an episode of scooby-doo and all the mm. bandages come away oh yeah <laughs> Absolutely that's love right that. yeah yeah that's see right, you yeah. later band-aid breath <laughs> get old, Ru- get old rudy's badass in this isn't he he's brilliant um, in this isn't he <laughs> And the other thing is, there's, there's some little Easter eggs as well to the Universal, um, especially with the Wolfman, because he's actually saying, look, you know, put me into jail, shoot me. And that is actually, I think that is what Wolfman does in the original Universal films. Is it is it Karloff or is it Boris Karloff's son who plays Wolfman? I can't remember. Uh, gosh. Um it's, I think it's Lon Chaney, isn't it? Is it Lon Chaney, sorry, yeah, that's right. But I'm pretty sure, I haven't seen it for a long time, but what I do remember is that he's, before he turns into the werewolf, he is a really nice bloke. He's like saying, yeah. you've got to put me away because I'm going to turn into something. And obviously they don't, and then he does. So I thought there's a little bit of a sort of homage there, which is quite cool. Um, also, the actor who plays Wolfman, again, I think I heard you and Gav mention this because you did Fright Night 2 recently, or few months That's ago. right. He's in that film, isn't he? He plays one of the vampires, I think, doesn't he? I think he plays the werewolf in that. Oh, the werewolf, okay. <laughs> so it, he's, yeah. you know, he's having a lot of fun in the 80s being. Directors, oh, we, we need someone to play a werewolf. Yeah, let's get this guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's get Michael J. Fox. Now, Michael J. Fox is busy with Back to the Future. Oh, okay, who else is there? There's the guy from Friday Night 2. Get him in. Yeah, that's get it. Him. Yeah, let's do him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I need my go-to werewolf actor. Oh, dear. I think, you know, what sells this film you read the synopsis it's only one sentence but if you said that to a group of children a young group of monster fanatics attempt to save their hometown from Count Dracula and his monsters that is everything a 10 year old boy or girl wants isn't it really yep that's right and the other thing to mention you mentioned it on the poster so they and I I think it's quite important it says this is the Goonies fire monsters and you know you've got the ghost you know who you need to call for the ghost and you can use the word rip-off, but in this case, I don't, I don't really care. Because it's like, give me this movie. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I want this film as a 10-year-old, as a you and I. This is the films that we want, isn't it? And we, at that age, even my age now, I think, yeah, I don't care. Just, just do it, man. Because <laughs> yeah. it's a great if film. If you do it right, yeah. and these guys do it right, yeah. then... 
Fuck it. It's, it's a barrel of laughs from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, say if you watch the end of The Goonies, you'd, I think I was kind of like, you're always a little bit melancholy afterwards, aren't you? Because you think you're really engaged with these characters. And um, you do come away and think, I wonder what these guys would be like if they fought aliens or, you know, monsters or something like that. Do you know, I mean? <laughs> this is it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I like to think sometimes that Data went on to just, and he would travel back in time and start helping Indiana Jones on his adventures as short round. That's what I like to think sometimes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Data. He's probably, <laughs> I know we're touching on good. he's probably one of my favourites. He's, he's such oh, a Oh, yeah, such he, a cool... he's brilliant. Him and Corey Feldman in that, that, that movie are so brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So shall we? Uh, do you want to give us a run through this movie, mate, from from the beginning, for its uh, for its glory? Okay, well let's 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 run through it. Um, there's a lot of fun coming up, so mm. buckle up. We're going into action. <laughs> so we start off with a hundred years ago, and it's just yeah. a little bit of text, yeah. just telling us um, that Van Helsing and his his gang have the chance to end Dracula's reign, Dracula's evil. And I love this little bit as the text scrolls up and it just finishes with, mm. but they but they blew it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that immediately tells you this film's going to have a little bit of humour to it, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just Straight that, away. Um, it blew it, yeah. <laughs> you know, because as a kid, you would have been watching that and then you would have got to that yeah. bit and thought, ah, oh, they're speaking to us, that's good. Yeah, we get, like, that, we get that language. And the other thing <laughs> I thought, because um, I should watch this film this afternoon, and... I think the actual uh, beginning of this movie that that would actually make quite a good movie itself, with Van Helsing fighting Dracula and the way it's all set up. Now I agree, and, and actually I always forget, and the amount, the amount of times I've seen this, I always forget the opening scene mm. is basically like a Hollywoodized version of a Hammer horror. Like, yeah, it's just done so well. You've got Van Helsing and his crew. You've got. You've got it all going on. You've got Dracula. You've got the brides of Dracula. You've got a point where almost zombies or skeleton zombies climb out the ground. You know, you've even got a portal similar to Evil Dead. Yes, and it's so much, much so, happening yeah. in the first five mm-hmm. minutes. It's crazy, really. Yeah, because I was going to say that. I glad you said that because it's like the uh, Necronomicon, isn't it? From the Evil Dead and the porthole. <laughs> I know your damn words. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and we get we get that uh, the Virgin girl uh, trying to read the German text out, you know, which opens the portal. All of this kind of comes back, obviously, towards the end of the film as well. Um, is she a version? Oh, that's right. Yeah, this is it. Because because uh, one of the kids, doesn't he, when he's asking her later on, "Are you uh, <laughs> like this?" Is like an Ash Williams moment, isn't it? You know. Oh, my favourite bit is when he says what we're trying to ask you is have you ever been dorked oh that's right yeah that's <laughs> it <laughs> Christ <laughs> yeah so there's your opening plot really Dracula turning into a bat bat turning into Dracula Brides of Dracula Van Helsing and his crew and they manage to suck everybody into this portal mm. using this amulet <laughs> which can only be used once every hundred years um and that is kind of the beginning, really. And yep. we cut then to Sean and Patrick, two of our sort of main heroes, in the principal's office, getting told off, aren't they? 
Yeah, and the, and the principal trying to sort of engage with them, isn't it? Because they're, they're saying that we love monsters and all this, and he's looking at the drawings, isn't he? And then the principal sort yeah. of goes, he goes into like a bit of a dad dance, and he goes, and I like science, guys. <laughs> I like science, and I like monsters, but science is real, and monsters are not real. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, um, and of course, Sean is wearing his... Um, Stephen King rules yeah, t-shirt. That's right. That was pretty cool. Decent t-shirt, uh, and it's funny because um, there's definitely that you mentioned Stranger Things. There's mm. definitely that kind of group of kids, oh, yeah. like the Goonies and It. You've got that kind of. There's definitely that element running through this as well. Absolutely, you feel man, there's yeah. almost a Stephen King vibe underneath this, you know, and, and that's why I like It so much and this because. In it, you get like a werewolf and a mummy and, and a leper and all these creatures. And it's a group of kids, you know, it's always up the group of kids, the underdogs, no one believes them. So there's that tie for me as well to this. Also, um, I was going to mention as well, the stand by me as well, especially when they get to their, oh, yeah. their hut later on. And um, they're, because they're teacher, isn't it? They, they, they put them on like a sort of discipline, isn't it? Uh, when you see her in the corridor, for oh, she looks <laughs> like immediately thinking Bride of Frankenstein. Um, yeah, because they, they say that they call her Mrs. Meowhead because her head's shaped like a cat's head. Yeah. And, yeah. and when you actually do get to see her, she has literally got her hair like cat's ears. So yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and I thought that the, um, the the kid looked to be... He looked a little bit like Corey, um, Corey Haim as well, just... Just a little bit. Yeah, there's definitely something about him. Definitely. Yeah. Um, surprising none of them really went on to do an awful lot, really, from this. Um, I, I really like our introduction to Horace and Rudy Horace, here yeah, because this is very different. Um, you know, an older kid sticking up for a younger kid getting bullied. And it's a really great scene, actually. Yes. Um, yeah, apart right. from the use of and we'll get this out of the way there is some use of um a really derogatory term for for gay gay guys or gays um beginning with an f which is used in this film a couple of times it was used Mm. in the team wolf and unfortunately in the 80s it was sort of bandied around a lot and actually it's not a very nice word um to me it's kind of like the n-word um yeah Yeah, and i would i would really feel comfortable saying that word um, no, it's right. But yeah, it does yeah. get used a lot, unfortunately, in this, doesn't it? But no, yeah, it, like I say, just need to talk about that. It was just something that they used back then. It, it went over my head and obviously watched this recently and I thought, oh, bloody hell, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah surprised they got away with it back then. But um, yeah. But it, it shows how the world has changed for the better that you and I, as 40 odd year old blokes, will watch this film and go, Christ, you know, A, I didn't notice that because I was brought up in such a way that I would never really have used those words anyway. But secondly, when I watch, when I see that presented to me these days, I think that's not, that's not right. No, that's um, right. I, I think it would just be, just would have preferred, even if they just used a bit of a swear word, just like, uh, just called him an asshole or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, if they would have chuck a bit of that nice. in there. And what would be good is if I could just edit it, why not? Just take it out and replace it because it don't, I don't think that affects the film in any sort of way does it it's just no 
Um, but there you go. And yeah. I 100% agree with you. I'm not really up for editing, you know. Uh, oh, no. I know no. I know that Disney change, have changed, like, some bits of some of their films on Disney+. Plus and, and I understand that. I sometimes agree with it. But I think on this occasion, if they could edit it around that word. Yeah. And in Teen Wolf as well. Because it takes... Because Teen Wolf and this, that Monster Squad and Teen Wolf, are two real childhood favourites. But when i when my children are born i i'm gonna really have to think about showing them these films yeah that's right yeah things in it like that you know yeah it'll spark a conversation which won't be comfortable but probably is necessary also so there is that argument wow we've done it again we're getting serious again rj well yeah we've gone deep (laughs) but it's for a good purpose so we need to have these these discussions about these films and things like that so there you go uh, um, well, let's talk about fat kid then, in that case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> hey, fat kid. Yeah, that's it. Horace. He's got his Snickers bar as well, isn't he? Which is oh, another... It's on that. That got changed to a marathon bar over here. Was it a marathon or Snickers? Which yeah, it's it marathon over here. For some and then they changed it back to Snickers eventually. Yeah, I don't know why. That's right. But yeah, this poor this poor Horace guy, um, who's gonna we'll find out he's one of the monster squad, he's been bullied and you know, the kid comes up to him, the kid and his mate, and they uh they squish his squit snickers on the ground and then mm. they sort of call him the F word that which we talked about and they sort of have a bit of a go at him. And then Rudy turns up on his chopper on his not and that's not a motorcycle, as in his BMX chopper. And he rolls up and he strikes a match off the bottom of his sneaker and he lights his cigarette. Because he's so, so fucking cool. cool. Yeah, he's a cool kid, isn't he? But, um, he's got his leather jacket on. And he comes over and he says, uh, what's going on here? And, and they're like, oh, nothing, nothing. And he's like, hey, I think you dropped your chocolate bar on the floor. And the kid's like, no, that's not mine. He's like, I think it's yours. And I think you need to pick it up and eat it right now. And this bit is just like so good because all the whole school is around them. And this bully has to pick this squish Snickers up off the ground and he bites into it. And the whole school goes, <laughs> and he's just humiliated. Yeah. And you've got a little moment where um, Horace sort of just smirks to himself like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's just such a great scene. I absolutely love it. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's very similar to um, what I mentioned Explorers as well because uh, River Phoenix has the same problem uh, there's a scene in that where he's got his glasses he get bullied and then one of the other kids turns up on the motorbike and basically says to these kids yeah, what are you doing and I just kind of looked like it was similar sort of scene from another movie but um, it, it's, it's a positive fun. message yeah. um, you know for, for kids that are bullied in that I mean, perhaps more so to people who can prevent bullying. You know, as an older kid, I probably could have stepped in if I'd have seen bullying. Yeah. You didn't really do that. It wasn't the same thing, the done thing to do, really. Or perhaps if I could go back in time, I would step in and stop some situations I may have seen at school. But this is just a great scene for that. And it just goes to show that Rudy is, as much as he's acting like the greaser and a guy who's perhaps a little bit out of time, really, because this is 1986, 87, and he's still dressed like he's in Greece. <laughs> yeah, which but... is interesting, though, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, oh, man, we've been some really good points up here. So, like we fetish the 80s, he's fetishing the 50s, which would probably kind of make sense, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? 
So he's probably yeah because he's um you know he he wants to get involved in the Monster Squad and there's a lot of a lot of great horror movies came out in the fifties. He's really living like he's James Dean, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. And I, I, I applaud that. He's got his little sort of fingerless gloves on, hasn't he? Cigarette <laughs> hanging off, yeah. you know. He's just like, uh, I like something he says to, um, was it the girl who they think she's a virgin? And she says something at the burger place. And he goes, <laughs> no, this is like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, she says dude. something along the lines of, maybe I should just get going. He's like, maybe you should just get going. Yeah. <laughs> like, is he? Oh, well, that's quite funny, that scene. <laughs> oh, dear. Later, but, um... So we, we get to see the gang walking home from school, um, a couple of them here. So we've got Sean, we've got Patrick, and they're discussing whether the Wolfman can drive. They're discussing the rules, stuff that us movie fans always talk about, you know. Yeah. How do you kill this creature? How do you kill that one? Can Wolfman drive? Is the Wolfman a regular guy? Why does he wear trousers? Does he wear a hat? All that kind of weird those those conversations people have they're joined by phoebe who is sean's little sister and she is so cute cute as a button yeah she's and has some great lines you know she's like drew barrymore from et yeah exactly and she kind of has that similar sort of experience with frankenstein it turns out like doesn't she is you know um and i think they kind of uh they do again another like homage where she's down by the lake isn't it and then yeah, you know, Frankenstein turns up, and I think that's from one of the old Universal movies as well. I think it's you know the little kid by the lake with Frankenstein. It's like a sort of classic picture, isn't it? Well, that scene was very controversial. In so obviously I'm the horror guy, so bear with me. But um, yeah. in Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein, and in the story, in fact, uh, the book Frankenstein found a little girl by the water and she was throwing flowers into the water she was being very innocent he saw her do this he looked at her and the kind of the content the subtext is he thought she was pretty like a flower he thought she was flying throwing flowers in the water he didn't understand how the world worked yet because he was only just born really he's, he's just created so he picks up the little girl and throws her in the water oh, and she drowns okay. Oh, so, right. oh, okay. so any horror fans would have seen that scene where we're introduced to him later on and thought oh shit he's going to pick up phoebe and throw her in the lake but he doesn't in fact there's like a he doesn't do that um but there's but there's an et reference as well where she's dressing up frankenstein in feather boas and hats which is very much like an et when gertie does that with et as well i have to do a Um, little uh shout out to my friend uh and listener nick isaacs who i mentioned today actually he's talking about that toy shop down in bristol Um, and he he's he's a bristol man himself so uh he's got the bristol twang dang when i speak to him And he, I'll just talk about Nick very quickly. He is a massive horror fan. He's got this man cave, which is like the shop out of the howling, you know, with uh, oh. uh, Miller, you know. And um, yeah, yeah, he's all over it. So he, he would totally agree with you on that story you just said there. You know, he's probably he's probably shouting at the show, saying, oh, yeah, he's got, you know, the Universal Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so. Um, and the other thing I was going to mention as well, um, so their, uh, their Monster Squad's um, treehouse, which is great. As, again, it's all reminded me of Stand By Me, but their poster's up in the wall, so you've got to turn exactly the like, exactly like Stand By um, Me. 
another shout out to Ricky Morgan because every time I think of Lucio Fulci, <laughs> I think of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Will someone leave my old Lucio Fulci movies alone. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! So yeah, that's that's quite a good little time as well. Yeah, they've got some cool posters up in their treehouse. Mm. Um, on the way back to the treehouse, they walk past um, a side character that will come in much later as a big part of the the, the gang, almost really. Yeah. And that is scary German guy. That's all we know him as initially. Yeah. There's an old man who all we know is he's German. He looks a bit creepy, and he's got a big sort of creepy looking house. They walk past they kind of mention him but he, he certainly comes back into it later on yeah. now while that's going on um we get the uh the plane flying oh. over now <laughs> yeah. the plane the plane's got browning on it and i'm assuming that's a nod to todd browning oh, the director yeah. of several universal horror films but uh we get these two guys flying the plane don't oh, we? and they're man. like yeah, we're just flying these coffins these dead bodies over do that's fine and yeah. uh, they hear a noise Damn, very quickly. When I saw those two pilots, I immediately thought 1987 podcasters in a plane. It's just the way they were dressed up, Hawaiian shirt, headsets on, just the way they were talking. I thought, oh my God. Just discussing random films. Just the, and the way they, just the way they were talking. It's like when he when he gets take over the uh, plane for me and he's, he says uh, something like, you know, uh, keep it spooky or something like that or don't make it spooky <laughs> or something yeah it's great <laughs> he says he says to him what are you going to do he said I'm going to go back there and investigate what the hell that noise was and he says what are you going to do he says I'm going to stay out here and make scary noises yeah that's it that's it scary um, that's right that's what he says yeah scary noises that's right yeah that's it so one of the one of them goes back because obviously this should just be a, loads of dead bodies in coffins so mm. he goes back to this plane it's a small plane it's the kind of plane Indiana Jones falls asleep on yeah, it is actually. It's an old uh, World War II bomber, funny enough. Okay. Yeah. But Dracula's there when he goes back. And uh, one of the coffins says Frankenstein on it as well. So we get that. And the, the pilot spots Dracula and he's like, what the hell? So he opens the <laughs> trap door and Dracula just levitates. Doesn't fall out of the plane or anything. Turns into a bat, flies yeah. out. And the coffin falls out as well. They obviously fly off in the plane, that's fine. But what we see is the, the coffin drop into the swamp and the bat come flying down. Yeah. And this is all happening very near the treehouse of the Monster Squad. And could you imagine those two pilots coming back into the seat and the guy just going, anything happened? Nah, nah, nothing it was all right. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing, uh, nothing to talk about. Just just keep us on course. Keep going. <laughs> yes, it's... <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so in the treehouse, Rudy is being interviewed pretty much. Mm -hmm. You know, what are the three ways to kill a wolfman? How can you kill a vampire? And they're asking him all these questions because um, he wants to be in the, the, the monster squad. But part of the reason he wants to be in the monster squad is that they've got a telescope that happens to point into a girl's bedroom who quite likes getting changed in front of her window. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dirty old pervert he is, yeah. That's yeah. it. Naughty uh, boy. Naughty lad. Yeah. <laughs> now, bless him, Sean, when he gets home, his mum says, and this is a great present from a mum, oh, by the way, I was in an antique store earlier and I picked up a book. It's a diary by Van Helsing. Does that ring any bells? 
and Sean is. Cannot believe his luck here because this is basically Van Helsing's diary in German, so we can't understand it, but it's the diary of Van Helsing, the vampire killer. What a coincidence. Yeah, and a lot of the ways he's he got, oh, it's Van Helsing. And then he opens it up and he goes, damn, it's in German. <laughs> so, okay. and, and later on, when someone, when when Dracula calls up and leaves him, and his mum leaves a message, he writes on the board, someone called um, Dr. Alucard rang and they were asking about the Van Halen book. The oh, Van right, Halen right. book. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh dear. Now, RJ, mm. the next scene we see here is something you've never really seen before. Dra- the Dracula mobile. Dracula's got a car. Yeah, he has. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's got a skull on the front. It's like an old. Is it Cadillac? Uh, he's driving it, around. Was it Hearst? Is it Hearst or something like that? I'm not it? sure, but the, the thing is, Dracula's always dressed a bit like a pimp, and now he's got a pimp car. He might as well just be Dracula Von Pimp because he looks pretty badass in this car he driving is. along. Yeah, and like, like you say, I don't think we've ever seen Dracula in a motor before. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> it's quite good because earlier on they were saying, you know, can Wolfman drive a car? So they were kind of doubting that. And then we actually do see later on Dracula is definitely driving around in this car, you know? <laughs> so there you go. That answers the question. He doesn't need a car because Dracula does all the driving. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Wolfman just goes, I'm shotgun. <laughs> We get some very cool scenes with Sean's dad and I, where I'm kind of reminded a bit of Jules with, the, the, you know, the funny enough, his name is Sean and Jules as well. And, and the way that his dad as a cop is what he's shaving and he's talking to his son and, you know, he says to his son, look, you don't like, you don't have to always go to the movies with your buddies. You've got to stay in tonight, for example, and you've got to babysit your sister, you know, and that's just the way life is. Like me and your mum have got a date. So we get the feeling that the parents' relationship is a bit strained. This is the core of a lot of these 80s movies. Somebody's relationship, parents are either moving away or about to get divorced or something like that, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned his dad. He's, he is a typical sort of 80s cop as well. I don't want it is, but they, you know, like um, Lance Henriksen out of Terminator. Um, yeah, they've just got that something about them, haven't they? Do you know what I mean? They're just he, cool he even says to his wife at one point, "You knew who you were marrying when you married me. You married me. You married yeah. the damn force. You married the damn that That's it. Yeah, that's it. He's, <laughs> you know, he's having a shave and he's got his gun and his badge and in, you know, he's putting on his shirt and all that. And it's just, um, and he also reminded me a hell of a lot. Of Chris Sarandon from Child's Play. Oh yeah, I can see well. that. Yeah, just a just a little bit. That was also God. Imagine having him in this movie as a police officer. Do you know what I mean? Chris I love Chris Sarandon in it. I love I love a bit of Chris Sarandon. He's great, isn't he? He's got a lot of charm about him, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's just you know, he he's a guy that that. that I wonder if I wonder if Chris Sarandon's jumper's still kicking around from Friday. Don't night. get me started on that fucking jumper. <laughs> I knew that would say. <laughs> No, I hate that jumper. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing tonight? Though? Yeah. Um, just spend the night with uh, Chris Sarandon's jumper. That's <laughs> if you ever walk into a house and Chris Sarandon is walking down the stairs eating an apple really slowly. Oh, God. F- fucking run, I would say. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what. That, uh, that's a license for a man crush right there. I think we're all, we're all allowed to have that, aren't we? You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 no, oh, no. Sean's dad 
gets a phone call from the police station and in the background at the police station we see there is a man in there saying i'm a werewolf lock me up oh, this is what you were saying earlier. Yeah. i'm a werewolf lock me up he grabs a gun um from a guy shoots into the air he actually gets shot by the cops off camera so sean's dad says to the mum sorry dates off i've got to go to work he married me you marry the damn force damn job yeah that's it pretty much <laughs> i'm a nice you're married cop. to the badge <laughs> oh dear and you know when um the Wolfman has that altercation in the police station. It just reminded me a little bit at the beginning of John Rambo, or you know, First Blood. You know, when he's having that problem in the police station and he's kicking oh, yeah. off. So just a little bit of a. Don't push me. Yeah, don't push you me. Push it. Get oh. it. Push it. Push it. <laughs> All I want to do is just get something to eat. <laughs> so, oh, bless him. Poor old John Rambo. Poor old John. That first film breaks my heart. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's it. Oh dear. Absolutely breaks uh, my heart. But he fucking kills a lot of people, so, oh you know. Geez. Oh, man. Oh, poor old Brian um, Dennehy in that movie, right. Like Those films flip, don't they? Because the first one is like Vietnam War vet, PTSD, lots of mental health. The second one is just a full-on Chuck Norris fest. Yeah. But Rambo what, just takes everyone on. What gets me with uh, the first movie is just one of the lines at the, the uh, National... Is it National Guards? They're like the sort of regular weekend army aren't they you know yeah and he's running around the woods and he's getting hunted down by Rambo and he goes oh man do you think I'll still be able to open the chemist up tomorrow (laughs) 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 just a line I'll never forget from that film so yeah don't push me don't Don't push push me (laughs) hey Um, come on how have we got to Rambo that's good that we sprung on to Rambo that is the power of 80s movies mate you just never know where you're going to end up (laughs) Yeah. Well, Sean's dad and his partner start investigating what's going on because there's been this incident at the police station with a guy that claims to be a werewolf who's been shot after grabbing a gun. They then go to the museum and the guy at the museum says, well, no one's been here. I don't know where the mummy's gone. And this is the, the joke I mentioned earlier where, you know, the 2,000-year-old dead guys don't just get up and walk around and we cut to a mummy dragging himself down the street. Um, we get a great scene now, which is the werewolf the dead body of a human in the back of an ambulance he transforms into a werewolf and he kills the guy and escapes the ambulance so the the monsters are all starting to group together now yeah um it's really cool get a lovely scene actually and, and how they fit all of this into a 79 minute film is crazy but we get a lovely scene where sean's dad gets back and just manages to sit on the roof with him in time to watch the uh the drive-in cinema that that's so conveniently located just a stone's throw away from his house, mm-hmm. isn't it? Everything's there, isn't it, in that town, yeah. <laughs> if me and you lived next door to each other in that town, I'd be on your roof every night watching yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, watching films. We'd have all sorts of stuff going on in that town. It would probably be like um, Erie, Indiana, wouldn't it? You know? <laughs> oh, shit, yeah, we'd be investigating that. Christ. Yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. Order the corn. <laughs> Oh, dear. Now, yeah. we get the Avengers moment now, where um, Wolfman starts walking through the woods, and as he's walking through the woods, he stops and he looks, and there's a silver wolf cane in front of him, and that's being held by Dracula. And as he looks to his right, Mummy comes out the other side. So we've got three of our monsters here, and then the the, the swamp water starts bubbling, and a coffin comes out of it with frankenstein 
written on it. But that continues to come out because underneath it, it's being lifted by Gilman, Gilman the creature. Yeah. So we get all of our guys assembling it. Avengers assemble! Here. It's, yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and we get a really cool moment where Dracula takes those little bits out off of his cane and puts them on Frankenstein's head. And he uses the cane to conduct the electricity. And he brings him back to life. Wakes up and the Avengers have assembled, basically. <laughs> In a <laughs> uni- universal sort of way, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. I remember being this moment where you saw all five of them uh, and you know when frankenstein was woken up i remember just i think i was probably told to calm down by one of my parents yeah you know when you're a kid and things are just too much for you you've probably had a few too many sweets um some fizzy pop and then this scene like this happens and you sort of stand up and bounce around on the sofa i remember i can vividly remember that seeing that moment and thinking this is the greatest day of my nine yeah. years on this earth. <laughs> and that's the fit, that's the thing these films have effects on you, isn't it? You know, and that's why we have so much nostalgia for these films and it brings back those memories. It's so good. Oh. So so good. Poor old Phoebe, cutting to Sean's sister now. She's afraid of the dark. She's afraid of thunderstorms. Um and we'll find out a little bit more about what's potentially creeping around in the children's houses in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um Someone calls up and leaves Sean a message. As we said, his mum thought it was about the Van Halen book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says Mr. Alucard. And Sean's so clever that he writes down the letters and realises someone called Mr. Alucard is also someone called Mr. Dracula. Yeah, it's a clever thing, isn't it, for a kid? You know, he's worked all that out, isn't it? Is it, is it an acronym, isn't it, of uh, changing it around? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to uh, play him at Scrabble. No, that's right, no. He'd <laughs> kick my ass at Scrabble. Right, the floor, mate, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's a 32, uh, 32 score uh, letters that you've got there. Oh, fucking little shit. Oh, um, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Good for you. <laughs> oh, good for you. Good for you, Flips kid. The board over. <laughs> I'm not playing this anymore. Playing, playing Scrabble with Christian Bale, that'd be amazing. Oh, my God, yeah, that's it. Well, so what have you come up with? Uh, yeah, well, here we are, Chris. It's... Uh, I've just spelt James Cameron. There you go. <laughs> oh, God, Flips the board, walks off. Oh, man. Yeah, what happened, Christian Bale? Uh, I beat him at Scrabble and he yeah. walked off set. He wasn't happy. <laughs> oh, dear. We get little Eugene, who is another younger kid in the gang, um, and he goes and knocks on his parents' um, bedroom door and says, Look, there's a monster in my closet. And they say, oh, of course there is. Let me go. There's nothing in here. <laughs> now, this is a, a scene that we've seen. It was in the in the newest Halloween film with Michael Myers in the closet. This is a kind of a... I think it might have even been in the house. But... Um, yes, I think it we, was, actually. What the, yeah, the dad does hmm. But what... Yeah, and what Dad doesn't see, but we as the audience is, he opens the closet with his back to it, and inside is actually the mummy in the closet. And the kid is like, "Is is Dad? There really is? A, no, there's no monster. Look, they're all gone now. It's fine." And then he sort of, we see the bandages slide yeah, out of the window. He's not very good, Dad, is he? Because he's opened the door up. He hasn't even had a look, is he? He's just opened it up and goes, "There's nothing in there," and just closes it. Um, I also recognise the actor as well. He played the father. Just yeah, 
I recognize the dad in that as well. There's probably a few people from other Sean Black or Fred Decker well, he films. Was, um, he was in the first Die Hard movie. So when oh, John, John McClane oh, sat on the plane, he's got the guy next to him. He says, you don't like to fly. He goes, take your shoes off and make fists with your toes. He's that guy. But just, just a little bit of a tie in there. So. Uh, it's always good to have a tie in to John McClane. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, Dan, I just felt like I needed to tell you that. Oh. <laughs> of course. John McClane, welcome to the Nagatomi Plaza. That's a pretty good fucking English accent you put it on there. It could be a, <laughs> could be a fucking actor. It could be a fucking actor with that accent. <laughs> Generous. Generous. Yeah, that's it. Mother, <laughs> only Mother Teresa called me John McLean. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I have... A machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. We got a little to- uh, die-hard toy in there. That's it. What I didn't realise is that the mummy, what the mummy's doing, so they've all got their parts to play the monsters, and what the mummy's doing, because he can sneak in and out of people's houses because he's bandages, he's going around trying to figure out where the diary is. So that's how they all know, that's how Dracula knows that Sean's got the diary because he's been like eavesdropping in cupboards and stuff because yeah. he's made up bandages and i never really realized that until this watch i just never really pieced that bit together but sean is piecing together the clues because he realizes there was an incident involving a man who said he was a werewolf a mummy missing from the um museum and a few other things that have happened so he starts piecing it together he calls a meeting of the monster squad and says we need to look into this and we need to basically solve this crazy riddle and they all just go yeah all right cool let's do it yeah brilliant it's <laughs> and i i think that's like you know again it's for a short movie there's a lot of detail put in isn't there and each character has its little part to play as well doesn't it which i think is great they all, you know, they all put their hands in don't they and go monster squad like yeah you know, oh, yeah. even the little dog does as well isn't it like the little, uh, little i'm glad you brought up pete yeah I want to talk about Pete. <laughs> Ever since uh, this film came out, I've always wanted a beagle because Pete's a beagle and he is the cutest little thing with a little red handkerchief around his neck. And I've always wanted a beagle like that. Maybe one day, Dan. Do you, I don't think you, have, you don't have a dog, do you? I don't have a dog, no. Um, I might have to push the kids into getting a, a dog. Go on, you know you want a beagle. Go on, tell mummy you want a beagle. I think that will happen one day for you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just me and Pete in the tree house hanging yeah, out together yeah that's it you have a tree house you can have a dog mate yeah it's going to be all there for you <laughs> uh, so Dracula he unlocks Frankenstein from his cell and he says I want you to go and retrieve the diary from me mummy's told me where it is and he said "And if the kids get in your way feel free to kill them <laughs> yeah. oh now, the kids need to translate this uh, Van Helsing diary. And it's in blood, it's in bloody German, RJ. So, who's the one person in the neighbourhood that they know? Scary German, German guy. Yeah. Three, wor- three words, guys. Scary German guy. <laughs> so, they knock on his door. 
and we get this brilliant funny moment where, where, where they go in his house and the next thing you see is him going time is almost up gentlemen and he lifts up this knife and brings it down he says it's the end of the pie and he starts cutting the nice pie up for them and he gives them all some pie and they're all drinking cans of pepsi and he's actually a really sweet Guy. He's a nice bloke, but at first you think he might be related to the Clopex from the Burbs, might you? Do you know what I mean? In some way. <laughs> My brother, the doctor. Sugar substitute. <laughs> so, oh, I've been painting downstairs all day. Yeah. Got a picture, you got to keep changing, don't you? Turn it upside down and around. Still doesn't look right. <laughs> Why are you going in the, the damn cellar? <laughs> Clopic. You came with the frame? Oh, you came with the frame? Yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There's a bur- little burbs tie in there with this. Uh, I mean, he is like that. He's a scary German guy. You know, he's, he's very much like the Clopex. But, um, yeah, they have a lovely chat with him. Um, he translates some of the book. Basically, he tells them that, that there's an amulet. Somewhere out there, there's an amulet. And that amulet can be used once every hundred years, as we saw at the beginning of this film. And that amulet can be used to um, defeat evil. But the amulet is normally invincible. And once every hundred years, it becomes, um, it could be broken. But that's the one time you can use it to open a portal and suck everything in. And these kids are like, cool, thanks, old man, that's great. Thanks for the pie, that's brilliant. Um, there's a beautiful moment that they didn't need to put in, which I did touch on earlier, and I really think this is important to mention, where um, as they leave, they, he says to them, you probably thought I was just a scary, creepy old man, didn't you? But if I was a vampire, for example, I, would, I wouldn't have a reflection, and there's a mirror behind him. Oh, yeah, that's right, uh, yeah, yeah, that is good. And Horace says to him, Oh, you're you're actually really nice. You seem to know a lot about monsters. Have you ever met a real monster? And he says, <laughs> "Yes, unfortunately, I've I've met some real monsters in my time." And he shuts the door, and you just see a concentration camp tattoo on his arm. And I thought that was bloody brilliant that they yeah. did that, and it really gets me every time. And I never knew that as a kid. I didn't know what that meant, but now I'm older. I think yeah, oh, they, that was a little bit. They do reference that. They also reference that in the Avengers as well, didn't they? When in Captain America, yep, uh, the Avengers assembles, isn't it? Because Captain America turns up, and right before Loki's about to kill someone, was it this old dude? He actually gets up, doesn't he? And he actually says, "Yeah, the last time uh, I've actually met met people like you before." And he's obviously a Jew, and then that's when Captain America turns up and goes, "Yeah, that's right." That was back in 1942 when I was fighting, you know, obviously the Nazis and whatever. So yeah. it's good how they do tie that in. To, to That's why I, I love Captain America, because he's such a good old guy who just won't take any shit from fucking Nazis. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's what I love about him in, in all, all his films when he has screen time. He just he just fights for that right righteous cause, doesn't he? You know, it, on a side note, uh, as you brought it up, but it's always been weird to me that as a young English guy, young British guy, I've always, Captain America has always been one of my favourite heroes. Mm. But, but I think that's because you can translate that because he's a real hero. It doesn't matter if he's fighting, you know, for his country or for whatever. He's a genuine guy with really good morals, you know, and he's always struggling with his internal sort of, you know, whatever he's got going on. And people want to bring him down and they don't believe that he's as good as he is. And, you know, there must be something that we can use here to to, 
you know, against for us and make him switch against his will. But he's just always he's such a pure guy, like Superman. You know, there isn't same with Superman. There's he's too pure to be corrupted. Yeah. Um, and that's why I, I do love Sp- Superman as well because, you know, he's just he's too above it all. You know, he's not God, but he's too above it all. You know, his morals are yeah. like no, 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 much. And again, sorry to change but much like he-man you know there's been moments where a skeletal in the cartoon would be hanging off a cliff and rather than just let him die much like captain america or superman he-man would grab skeletal and say yeah. no i don't yeah. wouldn't let, it wouldn't kill you that's not what i'm about i'm the good guy and you often see that's that why um sam jones does it doesn't he in um flash gordon doesn't he um indeed with, with yeah. the baron isn't it because the baron's hanging off the baron's about to kill him but vice versa, when he when when Flash gets a chance, he puts the axe down, doesn't he? And reaches out and pulls him back up, doesn't he? And then old Topol comes out. He goes, "It was humanity." What just? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What just happened? Humanity. <laughs> Gordon. Oh, give me my remote control. <laughs> Oh man, what a hell of a tangent we've gone into. <laughs> Brilliant, I love it. Now, while these kids are getting the German guy to translate mm. the diary, Phoebe is playing and she meets the Frankenstein monster yeah. who she then, later on, tries to introduce to the, the monster squad. She says, hey guys, come and look at this. And he steps out from behind a tree and they all run away and hide in the garbage bins but she says come on don't be chicken shit <laughs> <laughs> I love that um, and I love that they get him up in the treehouse and he's sat up there with them going bogus yeah. uh, and they're just sort of talking to him like wow brilliant well we've got an al- another ally now against the forces of Eeyore mm-hmm. we've got the Frankenstein monster um there's a sad moment where he looks at a mask of the Frankenstein creature and he, he asks them, am I ugly? You know, am I scary? And they, they they sort of don't really answer him, really. But then he, he accidentally then takes the nudie pictures of the girl next door because he leans on the camera. Just a little bit Just of comedy like chucked in there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be an 80s film with a bit of poo, No, you know, no, no. It? They just throw that one in there, don't they? You know, one minute he's crying <laughs> over this mask, next minute he's got a camera going, <laughs> the girl <laughs> in the window. <laughs> Now, the movie really speeds up a little bit now because we get Dracula break through a wall in uh, an old house and he finds the amulet that's yeah. needed to stop to open this portal. We also get the kids BMXing together and um, we get the we now get the famous Rack Until You Drop. Yeah, I loved it. It, was just, it just comes in. I remember, of, not today, obviously today I enjoyed it, but when I watched it, about a month or two ago, I thought, oh my God, this just this is incredible. That's what I love about 80s movies, because you get this sort of, it's like a sort of montage, isn't it? Music, kids riding on the bikes. Um, Rudy's making these silver bullets, isn't he? And, yep, they're making stakes in shop class, silver bullets in another class. Yeah. You know, and they're all, they all know that 100 years ago tonight was the last portal that was open. So that means tonight they've got one shot to, to do this, really. Um yeah, and Bo, Rudy steals a bow and arrow. I like the way the, he does that, doesn't he? He just sort of bends down and he sort of <laughs> l- licks his fingers, then he and just got it. <laughs> the, PE, the PE teacher doesn't even bat an eyelid. He doesn't even know, does he? Doesn't no. bat an eyelid. <laughs> now, 
I'm sure I know the answer to this because mm. knowing knowing the, the real life hero that you are, have you ever fired a bow and arrow? I have. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, me oh, too. And they are bloody difficult to load and fire, oh, aren't they? I was just going to say, mate. I, I I have fired a bow and arrow. I'm no Robin Hood. I, I, you know, I would be, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll be, I wouldn't be able to do the old Kevin Costner where he just takes off two feathers and flies <laughs> off two, you know, and no, no. <laughs> another, another Alan Rickman film then. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I, my brother had a stag do where it was um, mud buggies, mm. which was oh, yeah, literally a right. sound driving mm. buggy through the mud. Yeah. We did bow and arrow, and we did shotgun, right. did a load of sports like that. And uh, it was the first time I'd ever tried a bow and arrow, and my forearms were really killing me. And the other problem I had, and I don't mean to bring my nipples up on this show, oh, but what? I caught my nipple on the um, – when you let go of the uh, – what do you call the um, – the bowstring, the bowstring. I let go and it flicked. <laughs> oh, it bloody hurts! And the guy did say to me, "Yeah, so you need to turn a bit, otherwise you'll get really bloody nipples from doing this." And I was like, "Okay, wow." Robin Hood never had bloody nipples, so well, maybe you should put step- some. Maybe you should put some clothes on. Then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was not naked when I was Stood doing this. Is that wrong? Bow and arrow. God, just, naked Robin Hood. Just in my bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it really twanged against my testicles there. Is that, is that supposed to have happened? Why are you calling me Little John? Why yeah. are you calling me Little John? Yeah, that's it. Tell you what, you could have called me Will Scarlet after that. I was going to say, yeah, man. this is it. I was going to say, oh, dear. <laughs> Sorry, I, we have gone all around the houses here, haven't we? <laughs> A bow and arrow in your testicles. God, it's normally Gav's testicles that get oh up. Oh my so. god! Oh, <laughs> Deary me! Oh my good, good heavens! Where, where else is this going to go? Oh, well, let's, let's let's go back to where we were, which is right. um, so Dracula has dosed up the Wolfman at this point, or at least he thinks he has. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. And he's also stolen three women from the local tang. Yeah. Who he's got locked in a cupboard, and he mm. goes into that cupboard with them. It's pretty, mm. pretty, pretty sort of fucked up scene, isn't it? Really, do you know what I mean? It's like they're, you know, obviously they're going to be like the brides of Frankenstein, aren't they? You know, that we were tying, oh, Dracula, I mean. But yeah. But Wolfman hasn't actually taken the medication, mm. and he actually is a good guy at heart. So he spits out. But he manages to escape, and he phones up the cops from a phone booth. And he gets hold of, of Sean's dad and he says, He's going to kill your son. I'm a werewolf. And then he turns. So he's just managed to turn to tell Sean's dad. But then he transforms into a werewolf, smashes up the, the phone booth and runs off into the night. So Sean's dad's now on red alert because he's just been told by some random guy, I'm a werewolf and your son's going to die tonight. Yeah. Like any good dad slash cop. He's, he's on the case. Yeah, he's on the case. That's it. So, goes and does his eighties cop stuff as he does. Yep, indeed. The kids, the kids prepare um, for, for action, and one of them spots Gilman. He drops his Twinkie in the marsh in the um, swamp, and Gilman grabs it and eats it. Twinkie stole my no creature stole my Twinkie. Get old, Bless get him. old, get old. You ever had a Twinkie? Yeah, I've had Twinkies, yeah. 
get brought up a lot, didn't they, in the films, didn't they? I've never had one. So. Uh, go to Aldi supermarket. Oh, have they got there? I might need to go and venture down yeah. there and, uh, yeah, pretend I'm the uh, <laughs> Sergeant Powell from Die Hard. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Ray, Ray and Winston in uh, Ghostbusters. Tell oh, them about the Twinkie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's Imagine this Twinkie yeah. is all of the psychic activity in New York. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a Twinkie. <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty damn big Twinkie. Uh, I'm curious now, so I might have to pop down to Aldi. Yeah, there you go. I, I've had the first had one about 20 years ago in New York. Um, right. And they're literally just the most synthetic. It's like foam. You know, uh, like a Swiss roll. Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of material on the outside. And then the inside is like a, just a really fake cream. Right. Um, they're very nice, but they're really empty calories. They're just like pure sugar. Mm. But it is what it is. It's junk food. Much like Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> it's just junk food. Right. Okay. Oh, did it get on to that again? Yeah. Can, can of whatever it is he drinks on a pinball machine after he's uh, that's it. killed it. Oh, that's it. Man. That, that is, yeah, yeah, that's classic. Oh dear. <laughs> so um, they get they get this girl that they know, one of their sisters, because they realise that a virgin needs to read the text out to open the portal. It's the only way it can be done. So they get this girl. They ask her if she's been dorked, if she's a virgin. <laughs> It's a bit embarrassing, but mm. she basically tells them she's a virgin. Um, okay, that's cool. Then Frankenstein senses, his, or the monster senses, Dracula says, Master is near. And the kids know that the time is now. Let's head towards that scary house. And they all start heading towards it. Um, they get in there and the house starts sort of collapsing a little bit. And Frankenstein's monster um, gets knocked out under some rubble. Um, and they sort of say, Dracula knows we're here. Let's find the amulet and get the hell out of here. So they, they run around. It's a bit like a fun house. You've probably been to one it's of these right. yeah. fun houses. Yeah, it's a good way to describe it, actually, isn't it? Because you've got uh, terror coming from every direction now. And you've got the um, Bride of Dracula turned up, and they uh, think, is the werewolf in there as well with the Gilman? Yeah, werewolf, werewolf comes up. Um, yeah. Gilman's not there yet, but werewolf's there as well. Um, they actually boot boot him right in the bollocks because this is the that's the scene. Wolfman's yeah. got Nard's line um, that everyone quotes. Um, in fact, there is a documentary which I've been trying to track down called Wolfman's Got Nards, all about the making of this film, which I still need to track down at some point. Um, don't know if you've seen that. No, it should be on YouTube or something like that, possibly. Maybe check it out. Yeah, I need to check it out, out, 100%. Mm, Sounds great. Now, the kids managed to find a trapdoor by doing the old Scooby-Doo move the statue's arm thing. Mm. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And they um, they grab the amulet. They find the amulet. But Dracula grabs Sean. Um, Thank God for Horace, fat kid, with his garlic bread, though. (laughs) Because he he shoves it onto Dracula's face (laughs) and it burns him. Yeah. That's it. So they... (laughs) <laughs> they managed to escape. Death by um, garlic bread. I, thank God thank God for the garlic bread. So they all managed to meet up. Now, so we've got scary German guy, Phoebe, Eugene, Sean, Patrick. The whole gang are there. They've got a Jeep, a badass Jeep that they all get in. Um, and uh, Rudy's there as well. And they get in the Jeep 
and they say we need to head to the old church because that's the best place to to read these um these texts out in german by a virgin let's do it and while they're driving there of course mummy jumps out on them <laughs> the mummy and this is the Scooby-Doo unraveling scene where, where they fire an arrow, attach him to the arrow. And we get our first sort of death of all the monsters, really, because he gets completely unraveled and his skull just sort of spins around on the ground at the end, doesn't he? And it's great, isn't it? Because I thought it's a kill scene that I haven't seen before. Like an arrow oh, take, going into the bandage of the mummy onto a tree and then it just unraveling. And... You've said it a couple of times now. You've mentioned Scooby-Doo, and I thought, that is Scooby-Doo, because you could imagine the sound effects, can you, from Scooby-Doo, that I'm rubbing. Yep. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? And the mummy's, the mummy's sort of going... Ooh. Oh, I can almost... Yes, yes, Oh, I'm Scoob, I can smell those burgers now. Mm. <laughs> like, like, come on, Scoob. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. <laughs> God, I love Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. Let me have him. Let me have him. <laughs> oh, Scrappy's a dick. <laughs> now, while that's going on, the cops, so Sean's dad and his buddy, they are driving down the road and they see the Drachmobile and it drives straight at them and then it drives straight through them. <laughs> yeah, it does, Oof. doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, again, it's another cool scene, isn't it? Now, Dracula is so fucking pissed off with these kids at this point that he's got some dynamite from somewhere. And he launches that dynamite into the treehouse because he thinks they're in the treehouse. And he says, meeting adjourned. And the treehouse just completely explodes. Yeah, it makes me laugh because that treehouse, you know, just made out of some basic timber and some nails. And he's got like seven sticks of dynamite wrapped up. (laughs) (laughs) Which would probably blow a whole building up. And it's just it would up. level a mountain. It would do, it? yeah. <laughs> but he takes mm. it out. And, um, yeah, uh, we get a scene now which is quite harrowing, really, because we've not really seen any humans die. But, unfortunately, mm. Dracula is outside Sean's house. And Sean's dad and, and his partner pull up in the car. Yeah. Sean's dad jumps out the car and he pulls the gun on Dracula. Dracula throws the TNT into the car and kills in a horrific explosion Sean's dad's partner yeah I think he's it's horrific he's the only he is the only fatality isn't he in the movie I think I'm not sure oh Um, so Sean's dad fires bullets at him kind of reminded reminded me a little bit of uh, Jason Voorhees now do you know what I mean when someone tries to shoot him and nothing happens yeah uh, and 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 actually, Sean's mum opens the door just in time to see Dracula morph into a bat and fly away. So she's she now knows what's happening. Sean's dad knows what's happening, and this is that moment in all of these '80s films where the kids are in charge, where the the adults suddenly realise, oh shit, you guys are actually all being serious. There is a threat, a supernatural threat, or a, yeah. a weird threat that we didn't know about. Big so time. we'll help you now. So now we've got the adults on board as well, which is great. So we're outside the church. So this is this film is just rolling along so quickly. We're oh, outside wait. the church. Yeah, big time. And the girl um, is reading out the book. The, the so-called virgin mm. is reading out. The brides of Dracula show up. Rudy, I love this moment. He walk, starts walking towards them. And one of the kids says, well, where are you going? And he says, 
I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And he just goes over and starts killing Dracula's yeah. brains. It's like, yes, Rudy! He's got that cigarette that isn't lit hanging out his mouth as well, and it? it's going to make him <laughs> shoot better, isn't it? <laughs> he's he's, so he's a badass, and he's just cool. He's a cool dude. Dracula turns up as, as a bat, and he he gets um, shot at, and he flies in through the window of a sports shop. Um, and Sean's dad goes in there to to see what's going on and he finds him half bat half Dracula lying on the ground has a bit of a tussle with him yeah. Wolfman shows up um, Sean shows up and they chuck some uh, TNT down the Wolfman's pants oh this is great this is what I sent you earlier wasn't it it just gets me every this time earlier. yeah I just I remember watching this I thought oh that is just fucking hilarious he just goes he goes out the window he just fucking blows up <laughs> I don't think he I've ever seen up. that before either but then he pulls himself back together. Yeah. Is it and then all of his intestines are hanging out and everything. Mm. This is like a kid's film, really. Mm. And he just pulls himself back together because he's a wolf man. And there's another thing here with one of the kids where they try to. It's probably, probably just jumping that back as a bit slight here, but I think it's Horace. They're trying to get into the church, and then Horace goes, Ah, damn, but that don't work. They should go to Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> You can imagine him and Chunk from the Goonies. Um, they would be very good friends, oh, yeah. I should imagine. Yeah, go and get that milkshake that just sort of <laughs> projects everywhere. You guys, I saw the Fratellis driving yeah. by. The cops are chasing them. <laughs> Is this like the time Michael Jackson came to your house to ask to use your bathroom? Okay, okay it wasn't Michael Jackson. Yeah, it was his it. sister, Janet. That's it, yeah. But I was right about this. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. <laughs> oh, so more cops show up, um, and the Wolfman shows up too, and they shoot the Wolfman. Nothing much happens. Rudy manages to shoot him with a silver bullet. It's a very cool scene where he shoots him and he collapses, turns back into a human, looks up at Rudy and just says, "Thank you." Yeah, it's quite sad, isn't it? Really, it's just like, oh, you know, he's, he was a good guy when he just battling this curse. Yeah. I guess. yeah. Definitely, the Wolfman is just—it's just a curse, isn't it? The, the, mm. the Wolf Well, oh, yeah. yeah. now we get uh, Horace gets his chance to shine now because Gilman shows up from sewer, yeah. pops out the sewer there, and um, he starts chasing them along and kills a guy. Actually, there was a couple more fatalities because a couple of other guys get killed by by the Gilman. However, Horace picks up the shotgun and in front of the bullies that earlier bullied him. Uh, he says, let me in, let me in. And they say, no way, fat kid. So he turns around and he cocks the shotgun, blasts Gilman. And uh, the kids walk out and they say, the bullies, and they say, wow, Horace, you're a hero or something. Well, uh, he says, wow, fat, fat kid, you're a hero or something. Yeah. And he just looks at them and says, my name is Horace. And he just cocks the shotgun like, yes. Yeah, that's it. What a badass. Oh, it's a great, great scene for him there. Now, the girl that's been reading out this text, I think her name's Emily, turns out she isn't a virgin. Mm-hmm. She's been dorked. Steve didn't count, did he, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Steve did he? Steve did bloody oh, well count, you silly woman. About that one. Yeah. Oh, so, while they're figuring out what to do, Eugene, or one of the other kids, says, is Phoebe a virgin? Because these kids don't know what that means. Um... And scary German guy says, yes, actually, she is. So he gets her to try to read out um, 
the text. She's tiny. She's probably about seven or eight. So she's reading out this subtext, this German text. Dracula's getting more and more angry. But it's working because it's creating this effect. You know, the portal's starting right. to open. And then Dracula walks on over to her. Now, what's amazing about this scene, or not, uh, is that Duncan Regair, who played Dracula, he never... Him and Phoebe, the little girl, um, Ashley Bank, they had a really great uh, on-set chemistry. You yeah. know, she was a little girl. He was an older guy. She really liked him. So he never wanted to scare her or anything like that. So he never wore his contact lenses or fangs around her. But the only time he ever did was this scene where he walks up to her and he picks her up by her neck, holds her up and says, Give me the amulet, you bitch! Mm. So that reaction from her, screaming and crying, that is a genuine oh, right, reaction. Because okay. right. the director said to her, there's going to be a scene we're going to film sometime this week where you're going to be scared of him. And she said, which scene is it? And he said, you'll know when it is. So he kind of prepped her a little bit. Mm. So it wasn't really cruel. But he did get a genuine reaction out of her from that by that scene. It's a clever way to do it, though, isn't it? It's like that, I think to get that real sort of genuine scare isn't it so like in the Goonies like we talked about but in the past where they they've never seen the pirate ship so oh, that first that's time right. they yeah, that's it. saw yeah. it yeah. how else do you capture the magic of that first glimpse at something from a child do you know what I mean <laughs> Spielberg goes did you get that in the camera and goes damn I didn't have it rolling <laughs> <laughs> man you had one thing I was getting a Snickers oh, I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, could you imagine? Phoebe, Phoebe finishes the text because um, Drac gets stabbed by um, Frankenstein. Frankenstein's monster sort of attacks him. He's the good guy. He does a real Darth Vader here, um, and he flips and he grabs the Emperor. In this case, Dracula. And um, Phoebe finishes. The portal get opens. Everyone gets sucked in. Sean manages to stake Dracula. Um, he almost gets sucked in, but he doesn't. Van Helsing shows up just to give a thumbs up, RJ. I, yeah, I, I did see that. I, I don't know why I thought of you. I thought we'd be talking about that later. I just found it hilarious. <laughs> where I, I just thought, thought he's, he's just this old dude from that time who's just gone, nice one. <laughs> thumbs up. So like, one shot. He did it. So, so like Simon Pegg in the Winchester with his pint. Yep, that's all right. <laughs> that little... Yep, nice one. And then we get a very sad, sad moment, though, where um, Frankenstein's monster is saying goodbye to Phoebe because he's getting sucked into the portal. Yeah, that's it. Don't go! Don't go! Bye-bye, Phoebe! Yeah, <laughs> And it is very much, we talked about it, it's very much E.T. getting on the ship, yeah, saying goodbye. Yeah, sadly what I thought, yeah. And, you know, not so much this time, but there are times maybe where that might give me a little tear in well, the Well, you know, I, I, I'm the same as you, mate. I do, I do have a little tear every now and again with these. <laughs> yes. Means I, and then... It means you engage with the film, Dan, that's what it is. That's what, it that's what is. It means we're human. Mm-hmm. We're, yeah, we have emotion. The other thing, Dan, very quickly I noticed is that one of the police officers gets uh, sucked into that portal as well. One of the patrolmen. Just yeah, I wonder what happened to him. Ash Williams, mate. He was like, he, he's probably there surrounded oh, by loads of women back in the sort of Van Helsing time. And he's probably saying, 
Well, back in the future, well, in the future, I was just a patrolman. But here, I'm the king, baby. <laughs> Any of you primitive screwheads so much yeah, touch me? Yes, is it, yeah. Or it could be the cop from Masters of the Universe. Uh, yeah, I was just about to say that, yeah. This is it, you know. He settled in, like, really quick, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, overnight. Ludwig, we're all going back now. Are you coming? <laughs> I live in Castle Grayskull. What am I going to go back for? Do you know what I'm saying? And he's got girls feeding him grapes. Of course yeah. he's not going back to, hey, to the yeah. real world. He's got, staying in Castle Grayskull. Got myself a woman. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what. If there's nothing else, you don't you don't watch that film set that scene. You know what I mean? You just need to watch that scene. <laughs> it's like, great. I I watched it the other day. Funny enough, with my dad. Um, mm. I went over to my dad's and we watched Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh yeah, which neither of us had seen, mm. which was really fun, stupid but fun. Yeah. And then when that finished, I said to him, "Oh, flick on to whatever channel it was, Sony Movies or something." And the Masters of the Universe movie was just starting. So we actually watched most of that together as well, which yeah. is brilliant. Because uh, Dolph Lundgren's hair is just phenomenal in that film. That was film. a crazy film, which we've covered on here, haven't we? In fact, that was the first film we talked about, wasn't it? When that was the first that? tease from yeah. RJ. You were like, hey, Dan. You like he man? Come on. Come on to Bright <laughs> Size. It was like, yeah. And here we are now. <laughs> I know. I'm cool. back every other episode. Yeah, much. it's great. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Um, well, wrapping it up, uh, Sean's mum and dad, they make up. It seems like that's going well. Everyone's happy. Everyone seems okay. And then we got a lovely joke at the end, because earlier on, a little moment was that Eugene had written, Dear Army guys, there are monsters. Help us. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. it. Yeah. Yeah. He probably posted it somewhere, by the way, because the Army guys turn up at the end, and they say, uh, Can anyone tell me where Eugene is? And he says... Um, us and he goes who are you guys and Sean says we're the monster squad yeah and, and then we get the monster squad rap as the credits roll oh yeah that's right and like as I said before you know you walked out from cinema or whatever yeah, or just watched this VHS back at home on your recording you long got that song at the end haven't you you know you just ah oh, it's great just just it's ties out nicely doesn't it it's a real feel-good film. Yeah. Uh, if you like your 80s stuff, if you like your, your horror or your, your Universal, if you like the Goonies, if you like the Explorers, if you like Lost Boys, mm. E.T., we've, we've touched on so many films this heavily borrows from, but also doesn't hide the fact that it's borrowing from them. It just sort of gets on with it, and, and it does it in such a fantastic way that it doesn't ever feel like this is a rip-off. This is just its own thing it really deserves you know to be its own thing and it is it's such a fucking great film and sorry that's it <laughs> like you just said you know the lost boys the gate um i think they came both came out in 1987 as you said earlier. they did yeah you know, they did what, yeah. what a selection of movies to be sport with in that time um the other film i watched the other day which i really enjoyed which i was quite surprised with was the remake of the invaders from Mars, which was the Toby Hooper one. Um, now, I've heard that that's quite good, the remake. Is it? Yeah, you'll like it. It is really good, Dan. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't, Mate, no. Go check it out. I think it might even be on Amazon Prime um, if you've got that. But yeah, watch it, because I, I, I was like, this is quite a good film. And there's some really good horror elements in it as well. Um, and again, it's like Kid in Danger. Um, but yeah, 
go check it out, man. It's good. You won't. I okay. don't. I'd be surprised if you don't like it. In fact, I think you you definitely don't like it. So yeah, so Roger, he's recommendation. Nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I say, fun. I I just love these films. Um, I just go back to them a lot. You know, every year I guess I'll put these on. You know, with you know. Yeah, films. definitely with this one. Um, I've got a whole selection fact, down there. Yeah. In fact, my wife watched this with me um, last night, and she said to me. Didn't you watch this about three or four weeks ago? I said, I did, yeah. I said, um, it came up on Prime. And I think that's the reason we're, we're covering it tomorrow night is it, it popped back up and everyone was watching it. So I stuck it on and I'm watching it again now to make my notes. And she said, oh, okay. And she'd watched it with me four weeks ago and happily watched it again last night with me. So oh, wow, that's good. Yeah. It, it says a lot that my wife, who doesn't really particularly like horror films, and this isn't a horror film really, but it's definitely, you know, got some hot stuff for horror fans in it. She really enjoyed it. She cheered when the kid had to eat the Snickers off the floor. Yeah. Um, she laughed at some of the jokes. You know, she was enjoying it. And it's and one of those ones, like The Burbs, I'll probably watch this at least once a year. This, Princess Bride, The Burbs, is stuff that I put on like once a year, at least. Yeah, and I I, I think it ages as well. It does age well, I think, because it's now, because the 80s has become like such a nostalgic thing. And you've got... Uh, TV shows like Stranger Things um, I think it will just always be a thing where you watch it and you go this is just an 80s film and that's what they did and I think that's why it will survive in, as a, in a type of time capsule um, what we love about it as well is, is for you and I it's just a chance for two buddies to get together and the, the, the core conversation is going to be this film but we're obviously we're going to go off on these tangents where we talk about John Rambo and the burbs and whatever yeah. else it is yeah. we've talked about it today um, because it is just you know it sparks that nostalgia but that those that nostalgia just then you know ripples into millions of other conversation yeah because I think it's an reason fun times I think it's because what it is as you said earlier and what we've said throughout this this is why we segue so much is because it's like you said I remember when I saw the poster for the first time so there's an incredible poster, but it's got a link to it because there's other things that were happening at that time when I saw that poster. So, you know, as I said, you know, I remember my dad bringing home those stickers from... So, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just fond yeah. memories and stuff like that. So, um, I think that's why you and I just hold hold that... Yeah, yeah it's just, just that magic, isn't it? So... Yeah. Definitely. And what I would say ultimately to summarize <clears throat> from my side is if you haven't seen this, guys, uh, sorry, we've ruined this for you. But if you haven't seen this, go watch it because you're going to get a really fun ride that's got some good writing, but also doesn't take itself too seriously. No. Some great kids, actors and some bloody great monsters mm. uh, with good effects. It's just brilliant. Nah, it's good stuff, man. So, yeah, um, it's it's been a fun ride as always, Dan. Uh, so thanks for coming on to the show today for this one. Always. Um, so thank you for having me, man. Thank you for having me. <laughs> we've, like I say, we've covered every movie alongside this one, including, like you say, The Burbs, Ghostbusters, Goonies, Explorers. <laughs> we chucked in RoboCop in there somewhere. Die Hard. Like, Die Hard. John Rambo. Yeah, John we did Rambo. a load of them, didn't we? <laughs> oh dear. Um, so before we close up, then let's just talk a little bit about. Uh, Haunted Hill, what's going on with you guys over there? I know you've just released an episode. 
Yeah, so the podcast on Haunted Hill, it, which is my main show, that we just did my birthday episode. As I mentioned, we did Team Wolf and Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was episode 112. Episode 113, which we're going to be recording over the next couple of days, um, that is going to be A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge, yeah. and Halloween 2. It's going to be interesting, um, yeah, especially I- with... Nightmare on Elm Street 2 because I watched a documentary last night called Scream Queen My yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street which is all about the lead guy in that mm-hmm. um, who's a gay actor and that film is famous for its uh, homosexual and homoerotic subtext yeah. all the way through stuff that's said stuff that happens and actually there's a lot it's a lot deeper than, than you would expect that film but also on the surface it's just a really good in my opinion, in Gav's opinion, an underrated film. I know it gets dissed as the worst Nightmare on Elm Street film, but we both really like it. There's a lot to love in it. Uh, and the same with Halloween too. It's a, an underrated sequel. So that's what we're doing next. Underrated sequels to big franchises. Which is, again, uh, it, it, these are good subjects to talk about as well, aren't they? As we were talking about earlier, you know. Um, good ones to bring in. I, I, think, I, remember you, I think I heard you say that you prefer... Or enjoy Halloween two better than the first one. Um, which do you know what I do? Because it and it, and that feels like blasphemy because it's not no, John Carpenter directing, no. but but it takes place in this uh, isolated place, much like the thing, that kind of thing in a hospital mainly, you know, and, and it's got some great kills and gore in it, and it's just a bloody really slick film, mm. Halloween two. Yeah, but Great. It, it's common sometimes for all sequels to be just as good as the, the the first outing, isn't it? I mean, I I really like Mad Max Two. I think it's a better movie. Um, I, I think, agree with you. You know, I think I the first one's very cult. You know, it's it's a, it's a good film, but the second one just seems to be a little bit better. And the Jason Voorhees Friday the Thirteenth franchise. I mean, what it's funny because. It's interesting how Police Academy, I know you've just watched those movies, you <laughs> get to number six and it kind of goes off, you know, goes just goes off the, the, the road a little bit. Um, yeah. But then you've got Friday the 13th where number two is probably a little bit better than number one. Number six is, you know, when do you ever get to number kind six of and say, fucking hell, you know, this is much better than the first one. Uh, it's just you know, and at, wow. at the moment, Gav, Gav is working his way through the Fast and the Furious movies. He's never oh, yeah. seen them before, <laughs> yeah. uh, and he he got to the he got to the fourth one, and he messaged me and said, "What the fuck? The fourth one is amazing. Like two mm. and three were rubbish, but the fourth one." And then he watched the fifth one. He's like, "This is incredible." Yeah. And I said, "You wait until you get to the six to seven to eight. That they get better. Like four yeah. is where they really found what they were about." you know and they and it, yeah you're right you know crazy like and going back to what you said earlier about original like older films like alien one great film mm. but i will watch aliens yeah any time of day oh, like, yeah. absolutely lethal weapon 2 much prefer it i'll oh, tell yeah. you why it yeah, is yeah. i'll tell you why it is in a lot of these films by the sequel by the second or third one we don't have to do all the exposition of people getting to know each other blah 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 they're already established. We want to get straight to the adventure. So Lethal Weapon 2, Riggs and Myrtle already know each other. They're already worked together. They've mm. done stuff together. 
straight into an adventure with them. No questions asked, you know. And by like the third or fourth Marvel movie, the Avenger movies, they already knew each other. It's great. That's why they work so much better because we've already got these relationships that are built. Don't get me wrong; it's great to watch the first one of a franchise, you know. I even like Back to the Future Two better than Back to the Future One. Oh really? Oh, I've never never heard you say that one before. Hoverboards! Oh, My okay. God! Come on! Wow! No, I am I am a number one fan. Um, I think you like. I think you. I think you. I've heard you say you like. Beverly Hills Cop 2 bit in the first one as well, is it? I do. I do. <laughs> what is no wrong weird. with me? <laughs> no, I have to disagree. I might have to have my disagreement with you for the first time there, Dan. I'm the number one oh. fan, mate. <laughs> there you go. Fights, fight, fight. But no, I am the number one <laughs> fan all day long. $5,000. <laughs> i tell you so. what, I, I wouldn't really mm. would be able to. Let's be like picking between two children with Beverly Hills Cop 2. I actually think. I think one is actually pretty much as good as number two. Number two, Eddie gets to let loose a little bit more with, mm. you can tell he helped write it, but the first one is still phenomenal. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. I and did. still one of the best soundtracks. I was playing that soundtrack today in my car. I just start to pop out to the shop and I just put it in my car and I was uh, playing Stir It Up. And just started doing the neutron dun, dun, dance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's ain't falling for no banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> the old banana in the tailpipe trick. Oh, it's just such a great film, and yeah, the soundtrack. Oh man, just phenomenal. Yeah, oh, I love that soundtrack. Yeah. It's great stuff. I've even got his Mumford <laughs> T-shirt as well. Yeah. I saw. I've seen you've got that, and I've seen you've got the bloody T-shirt from Mandy, you nutter. Yes, yes. That was to a little shout out to Kate Pollock on her podcast, um, her new show, and they they covered Mandy, didn't they, for the first episode? They did, yeah. And I think I was messaging Kate about that, and it just popped into mind. She come out and said, "I'm," so, she goes, "Oh, Joe, I'm surprised you haven't made his axe." And I went, "Ooh, yeah, okay." So I thought, <laughs> right, let's do it. And I thought I had a quick look on eBay, and I think I picked this shirt up for about a tenner. I thought, let's do it. And uh, yeah, yeah, sort of gone a bit of cosplay no, no, there, mate. Mm. Funny enough, after Willy's Wonderland, I mm. thought I've got to get myself one of those yeah. t-shirts that Nicholas Cage wears. Yeah. But I went online, and they're all about sixty, seventy pounds. No way! You, you can really? only get them through the official film website at the moment. Oh wow! So you can get you can get like more crappy versions of them. Right. But I think I'll wait until I can get because I love that that shirt he wears with the the weird sort of wombat thing on it. Yeah, I want to get that. Yeah, I think that does need That's to be done. They're all yeah. I I must admit I've got I've got quite a few film t-shirts I wear here and there. Um, so yeah, mate. I'm a big, <laughs> big big fan of that. So um, but yeah, no. I, but like I say, I'm glad you enjoyed that film as well. I figured that you might as well. So. Uh, uh, yeah, Indeed. that's all good stuff, man. All right, Dan, well, listen, I will wrap up the show on... Let's wrap it up on Nicolas Cage, shall we? <laughs> it's always good to Why not? Cage. Oh, dear. Okay, man. Um, all right, guys, well, listen, um, hope you enjoyed that episode. Me and Dan went on to several segues there. It's just a whole ton of fun, and that is it, man. That's how we, that's how we roll when we get together. Um, so, I haven't spoke... Actually, Dan... Let's quickly mention this now. Probably the next time that I'll speak to you, you're going to be, you're going to be a dad. I imagine next time we have Indeed. a chat on podcast. So that's all very exciting stuff, um, mate. 
Do you know what I mean? I wish you all the best for that. Um, and like thank I say, you, thank you. Um, and you want to talk about twins, don't you? Funny enough. <laughs> Funny enough. As yeah. I'm having twins, we decided right. it'd be a very good time to talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Right. In the movie Twins. Okay, mate. Well. <laughs> We will we will get on to that, mate. So when when you get back on board, give you a little bit of time, obviously, to get yourself settled. As, as Gav keeps telling you on his show, <laughs> I think he's trying to I think he's trying to kick me off the show. Every time, every time, he keeps he, saying, he tells. Well, "I have to get somebody else in to cover you for six <laughs> months." Oh. Yeah, I love it when you guys have that little chat between. Yeah, it's funny. So uh, no, great. All right, Dan. Well. We will be back for twins next time we get to be together, guys. So um, let's let's wrap the show up. So a little bit of admin, as always. I'm a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so please go and check out all the other shows on there, including Dan and Gav's show, uh, the podcast on Haunted Hill. Um, I've also got my other show on there, which is the Mystery Vault Podcast, where I talk about all the mysterious stuff and unexplained around the world. Just dropped a new show today, which is Crystal Skulls. Um, you can find uh, both of those shows on iTunes and Spotify, uh, YouTube, and several other players if you put in Bite Size Cinema Podcast into Google. And I've got a Facebook page, which is where I'm most active. So if you want to put any any comments, have put anything else you like on there, any movie suggestions, I'll go and check them out. And yeah, I think that's about it, guys. So we'll wrap it up. And as always, keep it bite-sized, keep it safe, and we'll see you soon. this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark metal health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.